Hello, and welcome to episode five of Talent Talks, a now not so new podcast series brought to you through the cooperation of the Talent City Centre Government, the City Centre New Arrivals Council, and the City of Talent, as part of the Talent City Centre for New Arrivals Project. We're Chantelle and Salise, and we're both part of Talent's international community, happy to help you connect to your new city and feel more like a local. And government is again what we're focusing on today. With the Estonian municipal elections held on October 17th, we have Tennis Sartz, a well-known political scientist and lecturer, back with us to talk about the outcome and how this impacts life in the city, as well as Silver Timber, who many of us know as the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Estonia World magazine, bringing news and all things Estonian to both Estonians abroad and the English-speaking community of Estonia. Secondly, Salise will be speaking to Katarina Chansey about Climathon Talent 2021 Global Sustainability Hackathon, a city-based program which offers a path to action and interaction and allows citizens to co-create local ideas to share climate challenges. But first, as always, let's start with some quick local news. This week... The Sail Training International confirmed the new dates and six host ports for the International Sailing Regatta, the Tall Ships Races 2024, which was postponed due to COVID-19 pandemic this year. The Deputy Mayor of Tallinn, Vadim Belobrotsev, admitted that although the decision to cancel the regatta this summer was difficult, Tallinn managed to organize a grand maritime festival. Instead, in hopes of hosting the Tall Ship races regatta in 2024. The deputy mayor added that Sail Talon was a good training grounds which prepared the city and proved that Talon was indeed ready to host the major regatta in 2024. The Tall Ships Races is a sailing event that every seaport wishes to host. So as Talon, we've been working hard for years to become the official port of the regatta and we can now be sure of the success of this fantastic race. This was according to the deputy mayor. The Tall Ships Races is a long-standing international offshore study regatta that aims to engage and educate young people on the sustainability of the marine environment. At least half of the fleet crew members are young people between the ages of 15 and 25 from across as many countries, many of whom will be embarking on this voyage for the first time ever. The 2024 edition of this event will mark its 65th anniversary, heightening its anticipation. The 2024 race will start on June 27 from Klepada, Lithuania, and will end on August 5 in Szczecin, Poland. The Tall Ships Races 2024 Talent Regatta is organized by the City of Tallinn in cooperation with the Port of Tallinn, the Seaplane Harbour, Noblesna Harbour and the Estonian Youth Sailing Learning Society, STA Estonia. As the winter darkness starts to creep in, the Tallinn Black Nights Film Festival, or POF, will start, running from the 12th to the 28th of November and showing around 250 feature and 300 short films and animations. The films will be shown at Coca-Cola Plaza, Apollo Kino Solaris, Kino Artis in Tallinn, uh, and screenings also in Tartu and Idavaru County. Hungary is the focus country of the, count, uh, of the festival, with the opening ceremony on the 12th of November at the Alexella Concert Hall, uh, screening Il Dico and Yeri's romantic drama The Story of My Wife, which stars one of my favourite Bond girls, Lea Sedu. 
The main competition will see 19 films screened. And with the within the festival, there are several miniature competitions, including a Baltic countries competition, uh, a first feature competition for young talent, and Rebels with a Cause, which showcases challenging independent productions. You can see one film for as little as uh, six euros or get a wolf pass with heavily discounted prices for 10, 20, 25, 40 or more tickets. Tickets are available on the festival website, so puff.ee or from pilletilevi.ee. Uh, and of course, uh, you'll have to show your vaccination certificate or recovery certificate to enter the cinemas. The full lineup will be announced on the 5th of November, so keep your eyes peeled and snap up those tickets. And now to the next story. The Talent District's administration will continue to give out free medical masks to multi-child families, single parents, senior citizens and city residents receiving income-dependent support. According to the mayor of Tallinn, or rather one of the deputy mayors of Tallinn, the COVID-19 infection rates are on the rise again, and the situation is becoming more critical every day. Hospitals are already considering the suspension of planned treatment, and the medical staff is working at the limit of human capabilities. And this was Bettina Beskina, and uh, she is the deputy mayor of Tallinn. She added, wearing a mask is a simple and effective method of slowing down the spread of the virus to which everyone can contribute that is why talent makes that is why talent makes the masks available to as many people as possible and also promotes using them in crowded places from monday october 25 new state sanctioned coronavirus restrictions came into effect in order to control the spread of COVID-19 and also to reduce overcapacity in the hospitals. Among other things, wearing masks and rather face masks is mandatory. So this is something you definitely have to note. And it is no longer accepted to cover your mouth or nose with a scarf or any other item of clothing. In addition, the government strongly recommends that masks be worn from the age of 12 for organized activities such as visits to the cinema, theaters, and concerts where coronavirus certificates are checked. Only medical or equivalent face masks prevent the spread of coronavirus. So it is highly recommended that only those be used. see some new trolley buses popping up around Tallinn, with buses in testing throughout November, starting this week on the Line 3 between Mustame and Kobamaya. The buses are battery-powered and can run for up to 8 kilometers on battery power, so they can disconnect from the overhead wires, which gives them more flexibility to, to support more of the city, to avoid traffic where needed, and removes the need and the obvious cost of installing further cabling around the city. The Trellino 24 Metro style is manufactured at the Solaris factory and holds only 200 passages, which is four times more than a regular bus. The city of Tallinn has launched a campaign, Dust Kills, which calls on drivers to prefer all-season tyres in winter conditions in order to contribute to a safer environment for themselves as well as for their children. According to Deputy Mayor Kali Klandov, many countries have recognised the need to limit the use of studded tyres due to their harmful influence on the environment. 
human health, as well as on roads. Klandorf explained that although the quality of talent's urban air is at the forefront of Europe, the effect of studded tires can be felt here as well. A study conducted in Helsinki revealed that 75% of street dust in the metropolitan area is caused by studded tires. Every spring in Tallinn, a total of 5,500 cubic meters, that is about 330 truckloads of dust, off the road surface particles are collected, which accumulates with the wear and tear caused by studded tires. As long as studded tires are used, the production of fine dust particles will continue. The financial strain on cities as a result can also not be underestimated. Winter tires can be used from the 15th of October through to the 31st of March. It is obligatory from 1st December to March 1. The use of all-season tires is permitted all year round, but due to the soft compound, they are not recommended for the summer period. The Dust Kills campaign has been run by the Talent Environment and Public Utilities Department since 2015. And in uh, our monthly COVID-19 update, You'll be seeing COVID-19 counselling and vaccination centres operating in four Tallinn districts. Uh, Haberstein, Poya Tallinn, City Centre, and with another being added on the 30th of October uh, at the Linda Kivi Cultural Centre in Lasname. For anyone who's unsure of getting vaccinated, uh, the healthcare partner Eldred will provide counselling services, talking through the vaccine, answering any questions or concerns people may have, and then can administer the vaccine straight away if you do choose to proceed. At the moment, they're vaccinating around 1,500 people per week with Pfizer, Moderna and Janssen vac vaccines. Uh, and two thirds of these are first doses. So this is great news and great to see more people getting vaccinated and helping us get safely through these winter months. The opening hours of each site does differ. So be sure to check in advance, uh, but there are hours in the evenings and on the weekends. So feel free to pop in. So it is an important topic. Um, it's something that affects everyone in the world, even if whether we like to admit it or not, it's climate change. And in Tallinn, there's something exciting happening. And I have in the studio here with me, a young woman who is going to take us down the road and explain exactly what's happening regarding climate change by a program called Climathon. I have uh, here in the studio with me, she is Katrin Hansi, and she's the project manager of Cleantech Estonia. She's also uh, the founder of Been Free with expertise in education for sustainable development and a background in social sciences, and the list goes on. So I'm just gonna stop here and say welcome, Katrina. Thank you very much for joining us in the studio. Thank you very much, Elise, for the invitation and for having me today. And it's a pleasure to talk about all these topics that you uh, mentioned before. I'm not sure if I will go so dive into climate change and what oh, it is, but definitely <laughs> for climathon, yes. yes. I mean, it's important, but the question is, why? I mean, we hear a lot that climathon or climate change is important. Why particularly are we having climathon and what is it? 
Uh, I'm very happy to actually introduce you to that. So Clemethon happens for the last six years in Tallinn. It's not okay. the first time that it happens. And it is a global movement, a global uh, event that happens all over the world at the same period of time. During this period is one week, the Climate Week of Action, mm -hmm. that uh, people are coming together and trying to find uh, solutions about climate changes that are happening in their areas. Mm -hmm. uh, this year in Tallinn, we have a specific topic uh, uh, and it's a little bit more wide than the previous years. Okay. So we are dealing with net zero emissions and right. we are trying to find out solutions that they can tackle any kind of climate challenge that we face in Tallinn and in general in Estonia. Mm. Uh, we have two main partners that they helped us and they support us to do that. Ergo Insurance and Tallinn Government. And together with the Strategy Center of Tallinn Government, we came up with a challenge that we would like to solve, which is mobility. There have okay. been uh, many things happening in Tallinn recently regarding mobility, uh, regarding the cycling roads, and how to create different uh, models of mobility that they will uh, facilitate the mobility and the transportation, not only of a white man driving his car going to work, but how to make it a success to students, to older people, uh, to people with disabilities, those that they like to cycle. So everybody can actually be safe and everybody can move um, safely and mm, conveniently everywhere. And that goes together, I think, with the Tallinn Development Plan for 2035, that they want to create, uh, I say they, but still it's us, us. because it's <laughs> every single person of us, but I'm talking about the development program that is uh, to create a 15-minute city so that means that everything is accessible very fast without uh, having a lot of fossil fuels and a lot of greenhouse emissions that are created also from transportation and mobility. Okay, so now we're, why as young people should such a program be important to us? I mean, we want to party, we want to have a bit of fun. Why is this important to us as young people? First of all, climate doesn't mean that it's not fun. <laughs> and I mean, I mean it's, it, you know that when it comes to issues of climate mm -hmm. change, it might not necessarily be, it's not as popular in the way it's supposed to be amongst young people in the sense that's something that we actually hold dear. Some people do, but when you're looking at it on a global front, it's not, it, it might have a bit of a controversial you know, aspect to it. So from your perspective, as a young person who wants to live in a clean environment, in a healthy environment, whichever part of climate change that we're talking about, why is something like Climathon important? Why should we be interested? Thank you very much for that insight. And I was making a joke about that, that <laughs> because uh, climathons and generally hackathons, because mm -hmm. Estonia is quite, mm -hmm. um, it happens quite often that we have different hackathons yeah. to find digital solutions and so on. So we don't miss this fun of the hackathon. So mm -hmm. climathon is still a hackathon that happens for 24 hours. So it will be this Friday and Saturday, 29th and 30th of October. Uh, so for 24 hours, we are coming together to find out the innovative people and whenever you do things with young people and uh, boost their creativity is always a fun process. So it's not just theory and it's not just only um, sad facts mm -hmm. about how we are going to die soon from climate change if we don't take action. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but it's more getting together, get to know each other, find out uh, what you can contribute, what are your ideas and what is your vision 
and have their great, great coaches and mentors that they can help. Uh, first of all, those that are doing the, the workshops that this Yip Litense from uh, University of Utrecht that will mm-hmm. join uh, online and Studio League from Estonia that they are going to do the Google Design Sprint. Okay. Normally their format is for four hour, four days, I'm sorry, but here they will do it in less than 24 hours. So it will be That's very challenging and I'm very excited to see that. And as I said, it's fun. So we will have a dance session as well after that with some Greek music uh, happening because I mean, still I'm an expert in Estonia. I'm from Greece and I wanted a little bit of beat, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mediterranean beat during the climate then too. And of course we have the awards. So it's always a great motivation for young people to have a supportive system and also the materials and the tools that they can help them develop further their ideas, have fun and meet more like-minded people. I think what we miss nowadays and like during COVID, this came up yeah. also, is how to come again together and how to do things together. And how I feel about these things, of certain things means that there are other people as well. And we are trying to boost that feeling too. So I see that you have an extensive background working with young people. How would you, how do you perceive their attitude towards issues of climate change and especially, especially with regards to Climathon? Do you think young people's um, perception of it or their attitude towards it has changed? Has it improved? Is it better? Are they more excited about these kinds of topics? That's a great question. And I think young people are more and more interested in these topics mm-hmm. and they are pushing a lot from, for changes, starting from the uh, Fridays for, how was it called? Uh, Fridays for ah oh, Fridays for future, yes. Starting from the um, I will say it again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I think that young people are getting more and more motivated and more and more more and more interested into these topics. And especially after the the movement that started with Fridays for Future, and they start pushing for changes because these are the ones that will be affected from climate change mm. all their lives. Exactly. And this is the moment that we have to take action. If we don't do it now then we just uh, say to humanity, hey, we didn't manage, then uh, you have to deal with that in, with very, very, very negative impact. Yeah, and so yeah. they're, they're taking a stance into that. They demand for changes and they're ready to act. And I have seen it also in the corporate world that they are demand for changes inside their working place, that they start choosing jobs that they're actually uh, transparent with what they do regarding their funds, mm-hmm. regarding their processes, and they're trying to find out ways to change the world. Okay. Now, speaking of changing the world and specifically about talent, we have a lot of expats in talent and I believe that there is a focus on them as well. How has their attitude been towards these kinds of programs in that you've been involved in? Definitely. Thank you for the question. As an expert by myself, or mm-hmm. I will say migrant to be precise, yeah. uh, um, these events are held in English. Yeah. So this is a way to actually bring the people together that uh, because of language uh, skills cannot attend. I'm not saying that experts do not speak Estonian. Actually, I could say that they are very motivated to learn and they are trying their best to do. Uh, But still, when it is a very specific topic with expertise, you need to to have a certain level of the language. Mm -hmm. So turn that into English and bring in also other people uh, from foreign countries involved is quite important to 
to start noticing firstly what are the worries of the people that are living here and they're not from here what do they find as a problem what do they find as um some very nice things that Tallinn city has and other cities uh, they don't have. We had a discussion with a friend about how much expert community loves Tallinn public transport. Yes. Exactly, <laughs> because it's free, because it's clean, because yes. comes in time is wonderful. Whenever you discuss that with locals, they're like, oh, public transportation is not so good in Estonia. I'm like, have you ever been in other countries? I like, can exactly. <laughs> to see how it is. I'm not saying it's points of reference, how you understand things. And the fact that with this kind of events, we can combine different points of reference, mm. not only about nationality mm. or gender, but age and also expertise. So climate and one of the great things things that it has is that it can combine uh, uh, different specialities to come together and also doesn't have borders regarding if, uh, which role you have in the society. Are you an entrepreneur? Are you a local? Are you an expat? Are you a student? Are you a policymaker? We had quite many people that have joined uh, because I can see a little bit the registration who is whom. <laughs> many people from entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship sector many people from policymaking and it's quite inspiring because when you put them all together and all of them have let's say a slice uh, in the pie it's, it's much easier to find solution that have different points of reference so that means they are inclusive and they can help the local community to actually thrive well like there's an african pro um, saying that goes like uh, which basically means that two heads are better than one and i think that cuts across in many cultures as well in terms of um, how, you know, unity is strength, I guess. Exactly. Right. Now let's take a look at the program itself. Who can join? Who can participate? Whoever is above 18 years mm -hmm. old and would like to participate. We are excited. Either if you have an interest into environmental topics, not only about mobility, I mentioned mobility, but still we have quite a wide range of challenges mm -hmm. anyone who has an idea that would like to develop and is looking for new members anyone who is a climate activist please come entrepreneurs policy makers that they want to do things uh, more in their uh, area and their expertise and mm -hmm. whoever would like to meet new people expand their network and join a global movement because as i said klamathan doesn't happen only in Tallinn. Yeah. it's not something that happens now and never again it happens every year and if I'm not mistaken this year is more than 180 countries that participate and it's a equal amount of European countries and uh, countries out uh, Europe which is great definitely great now the question that most people would ask this sounds amazing what do I need to do money-wise is it free is it if I want to join if someone else wants to join someone listening is it absolutely watching? free it is? Yes, you don't have to pay anything, of course. And we have free food. Oh, that, that's always a good thing. <laughs> we have free food, yes, definitely. So, of course, you participate and there is a catering there and you are 24 hours, so we take care of you for 24 hours, basically. So you can work on your ideas, you can work with your team and enjoy great snacks. And I'm actually very happy for the catering that we have and I would like to mention that. Okay. Uh, because we are working with a social enterprise from Tartu, named Kuman that supports refugees that are in Estonia mm -hmm. and they are cooking Middle Eastern food and I'm very excited for that. <laughs> okay, Middle Eastern food. Yes. 
That there are people from um, Syria, mm -hmm. and they have some uh, recipes as well from South Arabia. Great. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. We're not just going to have fun. We're going to learn, and we're going to come up with sustainable ideas. Exactly. And there are also some prizes. Mm, uh, so, name some. <laughs> oh, I can name some. Some are related with uh, entrepreneurship. Okay. So, uh, teams with the great, the best ideas, mm -hmm. they can have an entry uh, into our Beamline Accelerator program in CleanTech Estonia. That we support uh, startups to move forward with their ideas and towards CleanTech, and get some uh, seed funds from the beginning. Uh, entry in Climate Launchpad, which is another program from Climate Kick. Climate and ease that supports again entrepreneurship, mm. climate entrepreneurship. Uh, we have three monetary prizes for the top three teams and mentorship from Cleantech Estonia for mm. three months. Okay. A sponsored space for three months for one of the teams so that they can start working on their idea and they have an office space that they can work uh, in Port of Power in Pirita. So our office is literally on the sea so not inside the sea but very close to that so it's a great view and it's very 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 nice and we have also some gift cards from Ilmapod which is the first zero waste shop in Tallinn and okay. now they have started uh, their second in Tartu and they have set up also a campaign in Hoantia so if you want to support them you can support them okay yeah I think that's ah and I forgot the most important I'm so sorry uh, one of the teams can actually pilot their idea together with Tallinn city government with a strategic center uh, to say it in Estonia so if they have an idea that can be actually implemented and support the city in a way then uh, Tallinn city government is there to support them as well oh wow is there yes. anything else that we need to know about this climathon or anything else you want our listeners to know I want them to join <laughs> as much as they can and follow what we actually do. And if they cannot join at this moment, then to start following uh, this topic, because it's not, a, as you said in the beginning, and I mentioned as well, climate change is a quite big topic and affects every one of us, either we want to accept it or not. So I wish that uh, by... By getting in contact with Climathon and listening to our podcast, they can actually start diving a little bit more into that. And uh, Tallinn City Government has already some webinars uh, that we did last year about waste uh, sorting and recycling in Tallinn that they can get also some other information from there. And we're always here to support and help them to get much more knowledge on the topic and come to the Climathon. Yes, come to the Climathon. It's a 24-hour event um, and Tallinn City, City is basically joining um, hundreds of cities worldwide for this event. It's from the 29th to the 30th of October 2021. And uh, could you go through finally like the sponsors for this event for us just so that we wrap it up the sponsors for Climathon the sponsors of Climathon is Tallinn City Government mm -hmm. and Ergo Insurance mm -hmm. and also is a program that is organized by CleanTech Estonia mm -hmm. uh, and it is supported and uh, by IET Climate Kick mm -hmm. 
and the Climate and Organization, of course. Okay, thank you very much, Katarina. You've been listening to Katarina Schranzi. She is the project manager at Clean Tech Estonia. She's also the founder of Been Free with Expertise in Education for Sustainable Development and a bag- has a background, extensive background in social sciences. And she's been talking to us about Climathon, which kicks off on the 29th to the 30th of October here in Tallinn. If you're interested and you think this is something that you can do, Go ahead and register now. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Katharina. So time to talk the election. Uh, so we had the election, which ended on October 17th. Um, and looking at some of the numbers, so we had 191,000 people voted out of around 350,000 eligible people. So that's actually a lot. 55% of people actually, actually voted in the election. Um, we had 88,000 of those be electronic uh, versus paper. So I think that's actually a record for electronic voting um, percentages. And as we kind of discussed in the last podcast, um, Tennis, the Reform Party, or sorry, the Centre Party lost the majority in this election, So, which was kind of expected in, um, and what we talked about uh, previously. So maybe let's start there um, and get your thoughts on, on the result and, uh, and where we're going from here. Mm-hmm. Yes, first regarding uh, the electoral turnout. Uh, actually, it was decently high. Okay. Because usually in local elections, uh, uh, people are not so active in turning out as for uh, parliamentary elections, because um, voters usually tend to uh, consider local elections as uh, the second or the third rank elections. Mm -hmm. And this is the major reason why electoral turnout is not so high. Um, But actually, it was quite high considering uh, the COVID situation Mm. and that uh, the campaign itself wasn't very, let's say, conflictual and exciting and and so on. So it was a quite quite good result concerning electoral turnout. What about the central party? Maybe the biggest surprise was that they were able to obtain even more votes in 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 the last elections, I mean in the current elections actually, than uh, four years ago in 2017. So Actually, they were even more successful. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, we have to take into account that uh, uh, if you are looking at the results of the elections, then uh, uh, now we have something like five or six different parties in, in the city council. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in the last elections in 2017, uh, uh, many uh, votes uh, got wasted because mm-hmm. the people were voting for the small electoral unions which were not able to surpass the electoral threshold. Which and is five percent. Yeah, okay. Got it. Actually just touching on the voting numbers there, um, as a first point, um why do you think there were more voters? I mean, we may just be speculating at this point, but do you think it was, and Silver, feel free to give your opinion and thoughts too, but um, do you think it was because people felt more passionately about this one? Is it with COVID and, and being more kind of centrally at home and in Tallinn, 
people were able to focus more on local issues because there weren't, you know, your kind of day-to-day distractions, and so they cared more. Um, why do you guys think we saw a bigger turnout this time? Perhaps there were more people passionate about, uh, you know, achieving a change in the city government mm. because, I mean, obviously a lot of people were expecting, um, you know, for the central party to lose its absolute majority and perhaps, you know, it kind of motivated. And perhaps some of the new parties, um, you know, that entered into the game, um, like Estonia 200, mm-hmm. um, sort of also mobilized more people. But that, this okay. is my wild guess. Uh, Dennis might have a more, more acute answer. <laughs> I think that the organization of the elections uh, did also matter. Okay. I mean, there was electronic voting, uh, all the uh, polling stations were opened for uh, the whole week, uh, so pre-elections. So there were a lot of opportunities to cast your vote. So it was actually very well organized, it was very flexible and so on. So I I guess the organization also did matter. And perhaps more expats Mm. or foreigners also participated. Um, Again, I I don't have exact numbers, but it's my wild guess again, Mm, because we have more people from the European Union as well, compared, uh, you know, with 2017. Um, uh, Actually, on paper, we should have over 20,000 of them, according to statistics Estonia. How many of them voted, uh, sure. we don't know yet. But Sure. And actually, Estonians abroad, do they tend to vote in Tallinn elections or it's kind of it, too disconnected? It seems they are more active uh, during the general election, gotcha. parliament election. But uh, in the local sense. elections, I, I remember even myself when I lived abroad, I don't remember actually then voting. <laughs> Obviously, the general election is more important for, you know, because mm-hmm. also there's another thing because, you know, in order to vote, um, uh, obviously, you have to in the local election, you have to be registered in that uh, uh, course, local government, course, course. Uh, you know, if you're Italian, from Tallinn, you have to be registered there. And but if you're already living abroad, you might not be even registered here Got anymore. It. You know. So. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Okay. So coming back to the result. So the center party lost the absolute majority for the first time in in, in 15 years. Um, but actually, there were some other kind of losers as well. So the Reform Party um, went down. The Social Democrats, I think, considerably lost um, some of the votes that they'd had previously. Um, and then obviously, I think we saw Eckerd go up a little bit. Um, Estonia 200 actually get 6% of the votes, I think, mm-hmm. as well. So the first time they've been on, and they actually weren't present in the last election, correct? So, because they were, yeah. didn't have the, the seats. But um, so center, uh, well, reform social Democrats have gone down as well. What do you think about them actually losing places as well? Concerning the social democrats, uh, even uh, if you're looking at uh, the general results of the elections uh, uh, in Estonia, then actually they did uh, lose the votes. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the last elections, they got something like 10% uh, all over Estonia, uh, and now they got something like 5%. So it's uh, quite a remarkable uh, downturn. Um, why? Because even according to the opinion polls, they are not very popular. Okay. Uh, something like seven to eight percent of, uh, of okay. people are, are, would vote for them for for the parliamentary elections, at, at least according to the polls. 
I think mm-hmm. you know it's uh, it's it's been a problem here for for a while for them for the social democrats and I think why the message is not clear you know people don't know what the local social democrats stand for anymore mm-hmm. I mean you know the social democrats started uh, in Europe a hundred years ago or so in Britain and you know originally we know what they stood for mm-hmm. you know for working classes yeah. I mean I lived in England for a long time I know how you know popular they used yeah. to be and even in, in, in the UK now there is there are issues about where you know where Labour Party stands for I think the same problem here you know a lot of people just don't uh, don't see them as, as standing for, for for them you know and I, even if you look at the south of Estonia where social democrats used to be quite popular ECRA has actually taken the votes mm-hmm. yeah. which yeah, we'll you know back to that. yeah you know <laughs> So, mm-hmm. there you okay. go. Actually, I wanted to add that um, if you're looking at the electoral history here in, in, in Estonia and if you're looking at the local elections, then it seems to be that some parties take those elections quite seriously, okay. especially the Centre Party has always taken those elections very seriously. Not only in Tallinn, but, but uh, in general terms as well. Uh, and also, ECRA was taking those elections very seriously, and Estonia 200. Uh, but traditionally, for example, social democrats, for them, local elections is they usually don't don't care much. Uh, they don't put such an emphasis on on that those elections, or don't think that they really really matter. For them. Parliamentary elections are much more important. But it seems this mm-hmm. time they actually did try. I mean, you know, they even mm-hmm. I saw them on a, on a street quite a few, and they they even managed to attract mm-hmm. new candidates. Natalie Metz, for example, you know, well known in a sort of Teleskivi Creative City circle and etc. Um, but it still didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, it didn't result. Uh, I mean, didn't achieve a good result. So um, I guess yeah, you you mentioned as well Estonia 200 probably yeah. ate away some mm-hmm. of the some of the social democrat supporters as well. You know, especially some of the liberal ones, you know. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask, where do we think the votes went? So if centre, let's start with centre party. Centre party, um, I guess, overall lost votes or no, increased? No, no. They lost the majority, they but gaining, they, yes. They were gaining the votes. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So the other kind of, I guess, movements of people, where do we think votes kind of shifted to move away or move to and from different parties? Well, I think so. Yeah, I mean, Estonia 200 probably took some from the Reform Party and some yeah. from the Social Democrats. Okay. And even maybe some from Isama, but uh, that, that might be a bit of a stretch. But they might have done, <laughs> because if you consider the history of Estonia 200, I mean, a short history, but some of the people, some of the candidates even, you know, used to be a member of uh, members of Isama Party. So, you know, they sort of, mm. they might even attract some of the centre-right vote. I mean, with Estonia 200, it seems it's still not 100% clear where they stand. Are they liberal? Are they center sort of right or are they in the center? You know, mm-hmm. they say now they're liberal, but uh, to not 100% clear, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, the same, mm-hmm. I, because the, uh, the center party was actually astonishingly, astonishingly successful in keeping their voters. Mm. I was quite surprised. Uh, the Reformed Party did lose some votes, mostly to the to Estonia 200, I guess, and Social Democrats as well. Uh, ECRA did not gain uh, so many votes, but I don't know whether they were able to get some votes from Isama or from Social Democrats or from the Reform Party. I, 
I don't have any idea about that. Yeah. Let's talk about ECRA actually for, for a moment. Um, we touched on them quite a lot in the, the last podcast. So they didn't gain considerably in, in Tallinn, but I think did, for example, outside. So for example, in Parnu. Um, why do you think that was? I know we're focusing on Tallinn um, here today, but I think it's interesting that different parts of the country did make a considerably different kind of shift towards them. I think ECRA has been very consistent, you know, and then uh, there the are a lot of things people, <laughs> the other parties probably need to learn now. Uh, it mm-hmm. may sound ironic, but ECRA has been probably the most consistent political party for the you know past six, seven years, even probably longer. And Parno, where actually this is my hometown, where I originally come from, I live now in Tallinn, but so I, I do look at what's, what's happening in Parno with a concern sometimes, but yeah, <laughs> ECRA in Parno actually, that's more or less where they started, you know, okay. roughly about 10 years ago. I mean, one of the places where they where they started building up their base. Uh, Mart Helmet, the former leader of the party, is from Berno. He was born there. Gotcha. Um, they've held many events there. They've really actively campaigned. And six years ago when we had the refugee crisis in, Esto- uh, in Europe, sorry, not in Estonia, but across <laughs> Europe, mm-hmm. uh, then ECRA, obviously, that was the first time, one of the first times when ECRA really, you know, used it for their own advantage. And I remember in I don't remember this happening in Tallinn, but in Parno, they even sent some sort of sort of leaflets with a sort of printed kind of Photoshop photo, uh, picture of, 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 of sort of millions of immigrants from Africa arriving. The, the clear example of fake news, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I remember in Parno, everyone kind of received it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it was the sort of one of the first playgrounds for, for ECRA. I think actually that's a really good point about the consistency because so I've been in, in Estonia now for for around nearly three years, um, and probably before you know we really dove into the election pieces and the parties. If you'd have asked me six six months ago, name political parties in in Estonia, the first one I would have said, well, there's those Ekra people, mm-hmm. and if you said, what do the political parties in Estonia stand for, I would have said, well, I actually. I don't know about the others, but Ecker is the one that does says blah, 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 blah. And actually the, the message, the kind of voice, the name. And obviously it's a lot of headline news and has been over the last couple yeah. of years. So you see more about it. But the actual message, the what do we stand for, what do we pitch, you're right, has been consistent. You can almost predict what they're going to say about a particular topic. And mm-hmm. it's out there in the in the news and very visible. Yeah. And also they've been quite active of actually meeting people, you know, which I think a lot of other parties don't do. They do it before the election, you know, during the campaign, perhaps. ECRA is doing it all the time, especially in the south of Estonia, where they are now popular. You know, they actually meet people, they organize events, um, you know, every, you know, they have their own radio ja- uh, broadcast. And, you know, they have they, they, they fake news. Well, I call it fake news, you know, outlet, etc., etc. And and I think there are a lot of like disillusionist people, like we, what we call the second Estonia, you know, people who feel like they've been left behind. You know, obviously we're talking about the successful Estonia and in, in many regards Estonia has been very successful. But you can't deny that, especially outside Tallinn, there are so many people who feel uh, going to left behind. And I guess you, can, you have every, in every country that sort of... Mm-hmm. Um, anti, you know, sort of anti-establishment protest yeah. vote. And ECRA has been very successful of, 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 of addressing those people. Mm-hmm. And, and they were putting, uh, or they were working on, on their body organization. So they were putting quite a lot of emphasizes on, uh, on streamlining their organization, uh, establishing new party branches and so on. So there was a... Um, quite quite uh, big or big emphasizes on on organization 
Okay. One thing I find interesting, actually, um, and I suppose I shouldn't be surprised from mm -hmm. it, I just thought it was interesting, was the way that paper versus electronic voting went. So when we look at the numbers of, uh, or, or the kind of statistics um, percentages between the paper votes and the e-votes, um, for the e-votes, reform were actually, uh, reform were actually on top. And for example, if we look at ECRA, the majority of ECRA's votes were paper votes. Uh, Center party, uh, about 75% of them were all paper votes. What correlation do you think there is between a kind of the voter profile almost of someone that jumps on their phone and votes versus uh, goes into, into, into a polling booth and votes, and that actually that really kind of coincides as well with, with how they vote? I guess it's a correlation between uh, the party preferences and uh, the socio-economic social uh, status of the voters. Okay. So and if you age, age matters also education, uh, also actually trust in political institutions. Ah, interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think as well. Yeah, trust is very important, and obviously, you know, don't forget that ECRA has been very vocal against uh, right. uh, electronic vote or online voting. Yep. So, but I mean, the center part used to be under the previously uh, previous leader, yeah, Edgar Savisa. So, but I don't know if that has changed. No, it, it has. It has. Okay. No, yeah. there is no, mm -hmm. they are not so okay. much against electronic voting. And probably unsurprisingly, most of the Estonia 200 votes were electronic as well. No surprise. Which kind of ties no. in yeah. with yeah, mm -hmm. their general kind of... They, 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 mm -hmm. they did say at some point in one of the interviews, I think the leader said that we are sort of people for urban urban city people. And I, I think she later regretted that because that <laughs> automatically you kind of exclude. Aliens, exactly, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you, you're almost saying, are oh, you part of the elite, you know? So. But basically, yeah. it's, it's, it was correct. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, looking at the vote, yeah. it seems yeah. to be, yeah. But I think that actually ties really into what you were saying um, previously about this being left behind feeling, because mm -hmm. I think a lot of that is, and you know, I've come into Estonia as almost part of that world. I work in tech, I came over to work in the startup scene, you know, I'm building that here. Um, and so I can kind of, when I look at a Sonya 200, I'm like, yeah, okay, they're like for tech and, and the advancement of the industry and da da da. But to your point, like if you're if you're trying to uh, promote this kind of left behind feeling, etc., this whole you've been left behind because all these, you know, foreign people are coming into this tech industry that you don't understand mm -hmm. and then you're yeah. excluded from, mm -hmm. etc. Then it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, it with, seems with they're that. in a way competing with the reform yeah. party. Um, you know, they're, they're competing with the votes from the reform party. And I, again, I'm not sure in the long term is, is that the right decision mm -hmm. because, you know, reform party will still have more people, more money mm -hmm. uh, during the campaign. So we, we shall see. I mean, if you look at the Estonia 200 across Estonia, I think they got about 6% or something. Mm -hmm. So they were successful in Tallinn and Tartu, which obviously are important because, yeah. you know, you will, you know, it's, it's our two most important cities here. But yeah, they you know they didn't get more than six percent across the country. So yeah, but they were quite successful, and even in some smaller municipalities. Yeah. Some yeah, but in Pagno mm -hmm. they didn't even get mm -hmm. the, across the threshold. Mm -hmm. I didn't you know the, yeah. I think they got like one thing votes. we have to take into account if we are talking about the results of the local elections here is that uh, what really matters is uh, the organizational organizational capacity 
of the parties. If you have a party organization, if you have your candidates in different municipalities, then you would be also successful in local elections. If you don't have this organization, mm. uh, if it's uh, understaffed, uh, there are no people, no well-known candidates, then usually you, you would fail. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I mean, if you look at the Isama Party, you know, how many times over the last couple of years we've heard, especially in the media, that Isama Party is mm. finished, you know, uh, and obviously sometimes really, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, they, they, if you look at the, at, the, at the polls, yeah, indeed, they have maybe 4% or so. But come the election, uh, and they still, you know, achieve a decent result. You know, I think it was 8% across Estonia. Yes. Because one of the reasons is they have, a strong organization still, you know, mm -hmm. they, they so one of the oldest parties here, they still have people everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, they also have money <laughs> still. So yeah, there you go. Okay. And one thing actually, um, I'm used to seeing in other countries that I've, I've lived and voted in whatever, um, the Green Party making increases normally in places mm -hmm. because the more we can talk about climate change and the importance of that and the more that their agenda becomes more important, um, the Greens typically make some gains. Um, that was not the case here. So I think um, it, they in Tallinn it was 2.2%. They only got 4,000 votes in the city. Um, why do you think that is? Is it because Estonia is typically a, a relatively good uh, well, country and city um, mm -hmm. from, a, from a green perspective and therefore these agendas aren't front and center of people's, you know, people's minds to promote them and do it. Do you think it's just um, they haven't had a, such a big platform here? Um, I think there's a long history. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I think, you know, they, they were in the parliament in uh, 2006 or seven, I think, yeah. was it? And they, they had a lot of infighting. So eventually mm -hmm. it's a sort of, you know, the, the party just kind of disintegrated and people, uh, and, and I think from that era, people still have, you know, sort of a bit of a distrust because, you know, they mm -hmm. saw that party is not reliable enough. Uh, that's one of the reasons if you look at the history. But of course, the other thing is, yeah, they lack people. You know, they they, they just don't convince people. You know, they, they lack the organization. Uh, program is sort of wishy-washy a bit. You know, there are some good ideas, but, you know, some ideas are just a bit of a sort of, you know, out there kind of, you know, not mm -hmm. not realistically, um, it's not possible to, to implement then. Uh, and there was a leadership problem as well. I mean, just, you know, it has become in the last couple of years a bit of a one one person party, you know, so Suleika so Ismailov, who was the leader. I mean, she was, you know, when she first was elected the leader of the party, I think it was four years ago of the Green Party. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people expected a lot, you know, because, mm -hmm. yeah, she's, you know, young, energetic woman, but it just, you know, in order to build up, you need uh, you need more than one person mm -hmm. out, out, out there, you know. Um, and so I think it's, again, you know, they haven't been successful also to communicate the message properly as well and what mm -hmm. they stand for. You you cannot go to the political debate and say, vote for green because, because we're green, you know. You right. need mm -hmm. to, yeah. if you look at what's happening in Germany, I also, yeah, good good point. You know, in Germany, greens were very popular. But how did they achieve it? It was obviously a very comprehensive program, a lot of experts, you know. So you know that they convince voters that they're not just a green party but they also have opinion strong opinion on economy and foreign policy etc so yeah this is a very important point because nowadays in europe the green parties are able to talk about social policy about uh, foreign policy about very different subjects but 
the, the greens in Estonia, yes. They are only focused on, on the environmental issues and that's it. Sure. And the lack uh, of body organization or organizational cap- capacities and, and there are no convincing uh, spokespersons as well. So those are also lacking. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. But I hope you know it will change in future because mm. looking at what's happening in Europe, indeed, I think they have a potential. But they really need to pick up their business, you know, within and mm. really, you know, as you said, you know, lacking organizations value. You know, every party needs a good organization. Mm. So yeah. Um, and going back to the Centre Party, so obviously they did well, but Mihail Kovart did very well as well. He yeah. actually increased mm-hmm. his his voting um, his voters. Mm-hmm. Why do we think that is? Because um, most of the Russian speakers, Love not him. all of them, but a vast majority of the Russian speakers were voting for for a good lot. Got it. So, it, but it, I think he is also. If you look at the pre-election, like popularity polls and you know mm-hmm. when people were asked who would you rather like to see as mayor of Tallinn he had a very widespread support I think you know even like among even some among Estoni- Estonians, Estonians. Mm-hmm. and I, I as mm-hmm. Estonian myself I mean I can say that I, I think he's this guy you know? and, 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 and no offense I'm not I'm not a voter of center party I'm selling maybe I'm telling too much but I mean mm-hmm. really I think Kulvart is actually a decent guy you know mm-hmm. he, he, he's got this aura of actually being a mayor you know? which right. which some people don't have you know if you look at the other candidates there so I think it's very important that people actually you know see oh he's actually all right as a mayor you know no he does I mean obviously I don't get to see a lot of news or interviews with him Mm. because because they're typically in Estonian or Russian um but he does come across even in the news that I do see as very charismatic very you know a lot of presence a lot of uh, yeah, someone that you would love to go and talk to and, yeah. and find out what he thinks about things. Yeah, and I think there's increasingly a lot of like younger Estonians and maybe older as well. Again, it's a bit my wild guess, but who actually think it's a good thing that we have Italian marries from you know different community, yeah. Estonian Russian community. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, it actually shows that we are you know we are open open yeah. place. You know, I actually love yeah. the other part, which is that he has, um, and I'm gonna botch the country, but he also has a non-Estonian, non-Russian kind of background as well. Korean. As well. Korean. Is, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I actually love that there's also this international aspect yeah. of him. So it's almost like you're appealing to all three kind of triangular parts. And uh, of, by the way, the I think Estonians think that Koreans are very smart. So I think it's, uh, it's the, <laughs> they, they, they probably think it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's speaking very good Estonian as well. Yeah. And it also matters, yeah. especially for the Estonian voters. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. True. Great. Okay, so now there's not an absolute majority. Mm-hmm. What happens? Um, so the Centre Party are in talks with the Social Democrats uh, around forming a coalition. Let's talk about that and why the choice was made to go with the Social Democrats versus you know pairing up like we have at the national level with the Reform Party or another party. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, pro party, I mean, Isama was almost automatically inclu- excluded because they were not interested in cooperating with the central party. Okay. Uh, ECRAM as well. Uh, and and it would be very difficult to imagine that uh, Mikhail Gorbat is going to form a coalition with the Helmers. Right. Uh, and the Reform Party, 
Hmm. The major issue was that the Reform Party is a quite big party. They got quite a lot of votes, since it would be a quite, uh, quite hard uh, not to crack for okay. the Centre Party, okay. at least to some extent. And uh, Estonia 200 wasn't very interested in. Okay. And so only Social Democrats were ready to form okay. that coalition. Probably the Social Democrats were the most desperate as well. Right, because yeah. they mm-hmm. lost the yeah. mm-hmm. Right, okay. Um, and just just so I end, for, for my own knowledge, I uh, I came here after the last kind of national election, so when a lot of that had already, and mm-hmm. I was trying to pick up the knowledge of, of, of what had happened and how it had influenced things and whatever. My understanding um, of that was that originally the Centre and Reform Party didn't form a coalition at that point, because basically both yeah. of them had mm-hmm. such a big chunk that effectively you're each diluting each other's part of the chunk because you're almost kind of 50-50 in a coalition versus, you know, 95-5 or, or whatever it ended up being. Do you think there's an element of that here where if centre and reform had come together, it's another one of like, okay, well, we're almost sharing power at that, this point. We're taking centre plus 6% of uh, 6% votes that Social Democrats have. They basically retain power at that point. What do you think? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Reform Party is an old, uh, it's an old experienced party. So yes, for the Centre Party, it would be quite difficult to form a coalition with with the party like that. Uh, and actually, I guess that uh, the Centre Party wasn't ready to form a coalition. Uh, based on equal terms. I mean, that we divide all the offices almost equally and and so on. Yeah, I mean, I haven't Mm. got much to add. I mean, I just think it's a good thing that, you know, there are different parties in in power in in different places. Uh, I don't think it's a good thing that the same parties are in power all the time, everywhere. So I think it's a good thing in Tallinn, Central Party and the Social Democrats are forming the coalition. Mm So, yeah. I mean, I generally think that you know we need more different parties perhaps the other parties you know i hope that they will be sort of you know uh become a bit stronger and bigger uh, I'm, a, I'm a big big fan of coalitions and i don't think two party system is good i mean we don't have it but i mean it's just over the years it has happened the center party and the reform party have become much bigger than the than the rest so and again you know i've lived in the uk i don't think you know it's sort of two large parties all the time competing with each, with each other that it's necessarily good i mean yeah I, so yeah absolutely coalition coalition governments in general are more accountable or more responsive <laughs> yeah this is the role okay um, mm-hmm. And I mean, we talked a lot about mm-hmm. the actual election, who got in or whatever, but what does it actually mean? So um, the last time we spoke to us, um, the parties had not yet published their manifestos. Mm-hmm. So we didn't yet know um, the the platforms that they were uh, promoting. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we do. And now people actually need to obviously deliver on, on either promises or, or uh, what they actually put forward. So what does this actually mean? What are we likely to see around the city, um, both f- as a whole and also from the international community standpoint? Actually, it's difficult to tell it right now because, um, yes, our coalition, 
coalition talks and, and so on, uh, many of those promises were very technical okay. uh, in their nature. Um, they promised to build a new hospital. I don't rem remember this huge hospital, what was the name of that, but this <laughs> will be the major investment. Okay. Uh, maybe they would do uh, something with uh, the Linnahel as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, transform it to, to a conference center or something like that. I hope so. I don't know. I mean, if I speak mm. to the, I mean, this is a good saying, a good mm. city is like a good party. People stay longer than really necessary because they are enjoying themselves. And so I'm <laughs> quoting, it's a, it's a Danish architect called Jan Kehl who said that. But I mean, in a way, it's true. If you look, if, you, if you're talking about the international community, mm. a lot of the people like yourself, or, you know, you, you, people have come here, uh, a lot of them working for startups, but there is no guarantee that they will stay, you know, and I know many mm -hmm. people who have come here, you know, stay two, three years. So I really, we should be, um, we should ensure that, you know, people stay longer. And if I talk to the international community, a lot of the things obviously are same as for local residents that are important, but, uh, but really what I hear, yeah, I mean, the, the general sort of um, environment in the city, like, you know, indeed more pedestrian friendly, People do care about bicycle lines, etc. And a lot of people already like Tallinn for, you know, for open spaces. I, I, I mean, again, some Estonians think we are not green. Yeah. You know, they laugh when, when Tallinn was proclaimed yeah. as the as the green capital of, of, of Europe, I think in 2024 or yeah. whenever. But, yeah. but actually, if you compare it to some other places in Europe, it's actually a reasonably green yeah. place, you know. But still, people would like to have more public transport, again, uh, especially, you know, if you come from a different country and you don't have yet car, etc. You know, you do care about public efficient pub, public transport for example you know mm -hmm. even night passes think very practical things really you know that people mm -hmm. care about that they would would like to to expect expect more and probably also information more information in 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 different languages which yeah. again i i know italian city government has done it quite well but again yeah. still perhaps mm -hmm. you know in some places if you're going to to see a doctor or whatever yeah. you know on a practical level still you know the, the language yeah. is also and I challenge. think that's actually um, probably just to close off because I know we've kept you guys a long time <laughs> talking yeah. to us which I'm very very appreciative of I think that's an important point actually which is context of of the international kind of community in that um, when I will speak to talent residents they say the traffic's gotten so bad. And I look around and I'm like, this is the best traffic I've ever, I've lived in London, I've lived in San Francisco, I've lived, you know, different places. Traffic's amazing here. <laughs> you can get anywhere in 15 minutes. Oh, the public transportation system's really bad. Like, it's free, there's cars, there's scooters, there's, this is, this is great, I love this, it's so much better than the tube. And, um, and so I think you're right that the, and the green piece as well, um, the context of, of the international community versus the Estonian community is very different because for a lot of things we find Tallinn to be amazing and a, a hugely safe, very easy place to live in. Um, so it's almost like a, two different agendas. You have agendas to, to kind of listen to and, and fix the complaints or queries of the Estonian, of the Tallinn kind of population. Um, and then also the, the international population and what's going to make this a great city, to your point, for them to stay in and live in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Great. absolutely. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you very, very much. Um, Tonis, again, thanks for giving us more of your time. I okay, really appreciate your expertise. Mm -hmm. Silver, you. always mm -hmm. great to talk to you. Thank you. Um, thank you. 
that's a wrap on episode five. If you do want to learn more about local news, subscribe to the Talon in Brief English newsletter, which comes out once a month and provides a great overview of what is happening in the capital. You can find a subscription link in the podcast description. Also, if you live in the city center or are just interested in everyday updates from Keskelin, have questions for the local authorities, want to share your thoughts and ideas on the urban space organization, or have any other concerns regarding Talon City Center District, join the Talon City Center for Expats official Facebook community, which is administered by the Talon City Center government. Happy October, everyone. Happy Halloween. Stay safe, and we will see you next month.